Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where corporate woman Cassie Duke and college basketball coach Clarice Garcia help you uncover what God's Word says about who you are and His promises for you. This podcast is a journey to equip and empower you to operate and thrive in your God-given identity. We are back again this week with a fire-charged message. Cassie, it's great to have you back. We are always excited about the topic that God gives to us. And it's neat because he usually gives us a topic, but doesn't necessarily always give us the title beforehand. And so today we're going to be talking about, um, it's called There's Always Sunshine. Yeah, and good good day, everybody. We're excited to be back. It's been a couple of weeks, and so Clarice and I are energized about today's message. And so, Clarice, really interesting title, and there's always sunshine, because <laughs> I'm, of course, thinking of, like, the sun in the sky, but there's a play on words here, right? There is, and when we are talking about sunshine, we are going to talk about act- the actual sun and shining, but we're also going to talk about sun, S-O-N, so there's always sunshine. Yeah. So guys, just to give you a little behind the scenes of how this podcast works, you know, we are fully reliant on the Lord and his Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us to what to speak on every time we come before you, because we fully recognize this is his podcast and he's the best one to decide what we're going to cover from his word. And this week's topic really came out of a conversation uh, Clarice and I had. I was driving to South Carolina. She was doing her thing in Alabama and we were just catching up, chit-chatting, and the conversation developed into this topic, and it was immediately clear Holy Spirit was speaking to us um, mm-hmm. of what the topic should be. Absolutely, and and one thing that we had been talking about was just how we have this hope in Christ, and how sometimes it feels that because it's countercultural, it's disappointing, or it doesn't look this the way it should, and so the neat thing was as we were talking about this, I was reminded that when I travel, one of my favorite things is to travel on a cloudy day because at the end of the day, when I'm looking around and I'm seeing either the rain or the cloudiness or whatever, and the sun is completely hidden, when I know that when I am about to take off and break through the clouds, regardless of what the weather looks like on the ground, I know I'm going to see the sun. And it is such a strong visual for me because a lot of times I think we get into the core of our circumstances and we don't see the sun. And therefore we think, and we equate that to, well, the sun is not shining then. And that's so not how it works. And it was so funny. And I think this was just a cool confirmation of that we were supposed to speak on this was that as Cassie and I were kind of dialoguing through what we're going to talk about now in this podcast, I was, I was sitting outside and it was a completely cloudy day when we started talking about this. And by the time that we had encouraged each other and built each other up and shared scriptures, the whole cloud system moved and it turned out to be what was supposed to be a cloudy, rainy day, it was a beautifully sunny day and there were no more clouds in the sky. It was just a really cool, neat, just reminder that it is, there's always sunshine. Absolutely. And so uh, the plane metaphor, I think is one of the best and what really um, jumped out in our conversation. 
because in full transparency, everybody, we were talking about a couple sets of circumstances that uh, weren't ideal that Mm -hmm. maybe we had been believing for or that we were expecting or the Lord had even promised. And it wasn't looking that way. You could say it was um, we're in a storm or in a circumstance where we didn't see him um, evidently in our circumstances. And even uh, I share that for those of you who may have been following the Lord for a while or just a short period of time, like it's not abnormal to have those feelings or those moments where you're going, okay, what's going on right now? Um, You know, Clarice have the opposite (laughs) reaction on a cloudy day getting in a plane I usually get a little bit uh, <laughs> uneasy because that's usually where some turbulence comes into play but I get that same sense of peace when you come up over the clouds and you see that bright sunshine and so it's that same it's the same theory in our personal lives and that's what we call it the, the son sunshine that he is always present so even in those cloudy yes. days when it's stormy when I can't see him when I can't feel him just like the sun is up in the sky he is present in my life Hmm. So we look forward to talking about that today. And Clarissa, I believe you'll kick us off with a scripture that speaks to this. Absolutely. And when you guys are going through this, um, just knowing and understanding that when we're talking about not not being um, either put to shame or disappointed, it's because of the hope we have. So we're going to start in Romans 5, and we're going to focus on verses 3 through 5. But just know that the first couple of verses are talking about what we have and the faith we have through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so picking up in verse three, it says, um, not only that, but it's talking about rejoicing in the hope and the glory of God. But then in verse three, it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And when you look at that word, um, when you look at shame in general, it's just this unpleasant, self-conscious emotion. It's typically associated with a negative evaluation um, and almost worthlessness, but it's also just the feeling of humiliation um, based off of wrong or foolish behavior. And I think of how the world just preaches to do things the way the world does it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say, go out and do it on your own or fix your situation or, you know, figure it out, which is crazy because nowhere in the Bible does it say figure it out. A handful of multiple occasions, it says God has your plans and he has it figured out. So mm-hmm. we live in this con- conflicting cultural um status where the culture says to do one thing, but it says hope. It says hope in Christ, hope in God. And it does not put us to shame. A little further in Romans, we look at Romans 10, 11. It says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Everyone who believes in him will not be disappointed. And so when we're thinking of these promises that we've held onto from God, and when we're thinking of these things that God has spoken to us, and we may not necessarily be seeing them, we have to understand that we are not put to shame. And, and again, the circumstances around you may be stormy, they may seem bleak, you may not be able to, again, see that visual, see the sun, or anything shining on it to illuminate it to be a positive thing. But we get the opportunity to know that at the end of the day, because of God's love and who he is, and we've received his love because it's poured out into our hearts, that we won't be put to shame. Absolutely. And one of the things that came to mind when you read Romans 5, Clarice, and talking about how through that suffering, what suffering produces, right? And Mm -hmm. you made such an excellent point that 
in society today, it is so common to hear what Clarice said of figure it out. You got to mm. do it on your own. It's just you. Who's got your back? If, if you don't do it for yourself, who's going to do it? And society will so quickly put you to shame if you're not. Yes. Society does not like um, not achieving, not getting, not fixing, not whatever, you know, to sit in an unideal circumstance or in weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, the world wants to tell you, oh, that's that's. Um, humiliating that's embarrassing that's shame all the things that Clarice defined and Jesus even tells us in John 16 33 so for us as believers we just have a different approach to this he yes. tells us one of the last things he told his disciples in John 16 33 he said in this world you will have trouble yes. you will not might not possibly not you know if you're bad you're gonna have right. trouble no 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 <laughs> it's will have trouble and he reminds us, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So no. to Clarice's point in reading in Romans here, that we have this hope that doesn't put us to shame. It's that hope in the Lord and that he has overcome this world and that we don't have to be in shame. But that takes a strength, guys. That takes a strength and a confidence in knowing that the Lord has got your back. And that was a lot of yeah. Clarice and I's conversation, right? So yes. we're in circumstances. They haven't turned out or developed in the way that the Lord has promised yet it's coming. Um, mm-hmm. And how quickly people's opinions come into play. You know, you yes. may be in your prayer closet. You're good. Jesus has given you confidence, peace. You understand the storm. You're walking out the storm with him. But man, the second you go out your front door and you go into the world, it's questions like, why haven't you done this yet? Where mm-hmm. is, when is this going to happen? And you start to hear all these voices and yes. it's really Clarice. It's, it takes a strength and a, that constant reliance on the Lord to not let those voices have the same level of impact as the voice of Christ. Absolutely. hundred percent. So shame. And really, as we're reading through this definition even shame is a shameful word. Like I, I just get this kind of icky feeling when I think yeah. of shame or those moments in life that have felt shame or humiliation and it doesn't produce fruit. So, you know, last time we talked about fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, the things that come out of just natural products of the things of the Lord. When you're in shame, you end up um, sometimes withdrawing and removing yourself from places and things that are that really positive influence that Christ is calling you to. I know in my life, I felt shame. I would isolate and then end up doing things that were counter to what the Lord has called me to. And so I really feel like Clarice today, we're just shining a light, you know, that sunshine Mm -hmm. on the lion deceit of shame. Yes. Of shame. Because when, when you live in shame, you can't shine. And God calls us, he tells us that we are the light of the world and in him, he shines through us. And so when we know God's word where it says, because God's love has been poured into our hearts, we have the opportunity to hope in him and that hope doesn't put us to shame. But when we partner with that, when we partner with that shame, because maybe the, the timeline looks different or maybe the circumstances appear to be counter to what we believe, we just know that we don't have to um, adopt and accept that shame. Correct. I like that, that acceptance of it. Um, that we don't have to. And when we were studying for this, Holy Spirit spoke to me and I feel like you all need, we all need to hear this. The, the truth is that your circumstances and or even the status of what you're believing for does not represent how much Christ loves you. Hmm. So it bears repeating just because yes. yeah. 
you don't, you're in a stormy circumstance or what you were believing for hasn't come yet. Maybe you're a little embarrassed or ashamed of that, but the scriptures tell us over and over again, this does not represent how Christ feels about you. No, just because you're in a tough time and maybe your friend's in a great time doesn't mean he loves your friend more. You know, scripture says very clearly in Romans 2 11, that God has no favorites. And mm-hmm. in Acts 10 34, when Peter's talking, he's reinforcing that. He says, I see it now that God is no respecter of persons or man. Like yes. God does not have favorites. So again, now I'll get off my soapbox, Clarice. <laughs> again, <laughs> circumstances or what you're walking through does not indicate the level of love that Christ has for you. Absolutely not. And, and I think that ties directly then just to his heart. And when we're talking about the love of God in this passage in Romans, um, because it's God's love, the love of God, it is, it's almost like a possession. It's the love is his possession. He pours it out into us. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same as love for God, which would be something we do. And many Christians believe it's our duty. And so it's literally receiving what is already in existence that God is love. Yes. And I love that, that receiving what's already in existence again, it's not by works, you know, it's by mm-hmm. faith. And so Clarissa, some scriptures that fall into this are, um, yes. yeah, they're all throughout, but we picked today, Psalm 145, mm-hmm. 14 through 19. So I'd love to read that yeah, here. Please. Um, starting in 14, it says the Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Mm. So to that metaphor about coming through the clouds and realizing the sun's always there, that's exactly what he's speaking to. The psalmist is speaking to here in 145. Oh, absolutely. And just how neat is the Lord is just so faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. And he just is. And that's, and that's just so evident. And again, when we rest in the truth of what God spoke is speaking to us in this, in these passages, he is righteous. And so when he is righteous, he is going to do the right thing. Mm. So he's not out to get us. He's not out to harm us. He's not out to make us look bad because we have to wait for something. I think sometimes we can get into that mindset of, I can't believe God is making me wait this long Mm -hmm. because it's really making me look bad. Mm -hmm. And he's not trying to do that at all because he is kind in all his works. He is. And even here, you know, it says he's loving towards all he has made. Um, Mm. And in Hebrews 13, verse eight, it reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So Mm. when you read these scriptures, don't don't believe the thought of like, oh, well, this was a long time ago. This was for somebody else. This was whatever excuse you want to put in there. No, he is the same today as he was the day that the psalmist penned this so Mm. that loving towards us he's ever present he is going to be there and so Clarice I think you know as we're talking through this I always like to find a a bible story this is one of the (laughs) things that makes the bible so amazing is we have all these stories of real humans that walk through things like we have walked through maybe a different trying times Mm -hmm. yeah so conceptually you know we're talking through a season where 
maybe you received a promise, but then you don't feel the Lord and wondering what's happening. I can't help but think of the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And again, guys, if you have not read through the whole book of Genesis, (laughs) um, (laughs) you'll immediately (laughs) do it. Because anybody who says the Bible is boring has not read through Uh-oh. Genesis. Because when Clarice and I did this together a few years ago with our um, women's class, the stories are just phenomenal. Epic. <laughs> yeah, epic. epic's a good word. <laughs> They're epic. And so Joseph's is no different. And so I'm going to try to do it justice in a 30-second recap, but it definitely warrants a full reading of these mm-hmm. scriptures. But Joseph was a young man that at the age of 17 had a dream. Um, that he translated to indicate that he would rule and reign, you know, in that area. And, you know, this is a 17-year-old boy with a bunch of older brothers. And so um, without much thought, he went and told his brothers and his dad about the dream. And he was fully <laughs> believing it, trusting this dream to come to pass, that he would be king, that he would rule and reign. Well, his brothers didn't like that. And his brothers sold him. Like, we can't really fathom can't that imagine. in today's time Mm-mm. frame. But took him out, sold him, then came back and told their dad he was dead. And so, mm. Clarice, I think of just first imagine. and foremost, you're so jazzed that you get this promise from the Lord. And the next thing that happens is you're sold into slavery. Right. <laughs> so, you're, you're like, this is not how I envisioned this going. <laughs> correct. Like, we have this little plan in our mind. And Joseph yeah. probably did, too, of how he's going to get to be king. And mm. they sold him. And then the next mm. step, you know, through a series of events, he ends up um, in a household in Egypt in prosperity. So he's probably like, all right, it was a little rough there for a minute, but now I'm in a good mm-hmm. spot. And then the wife of Potiphar, his, whose house he was in, um, pursues him sexually and he turns her down as he should, man of integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then she turns the story on him and then he gets put in jail. So are we seeing uh-huh. this roller coaster? Like you have a Jeez. promise and you're sold and then you, you're rising up in status. And then even though you do the right thing, I think that's a key point to make here. Like he did yeah. this move of integrity and turned her down. And yet the result was yes, he's, the negative. consequences are still bad. <laughs> right. So at this point, I mean, I'm not there with him, but he's got to be somewhat discouraged and maybe feel yeah. like it's a cloudy day. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. all right, where's that sunshine? Literally, figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in prison. So I can imagine you probably can't see sun anyway. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. So he's in prison. He gets favor in prison and meets some really great people. Um, he's got this gift of interpreting dreams. And so uh, he has this window where he interpreted dreams and he has this possibility of getting out. He's telling these two folks, hey, don't forget me. Remember, I have this talent. He's thinking of a way out. Well, they forgot him. And he spends a couple <laughs> more years in prison. So, again, probably wondering what the heck. And then, um, again, through a series of events, uh, his talent to interpret dreams comes into play. People remember that he has that talent, bring him to Pharaoh. He interprets a dream and then Pharaoh, you know, lifts him up and essentially puts him in second in command over all of Egypt. And so, but at that point he was 30 years old. And so that for Joseph, it was 13 years. And oftentimes when we're teaching, I mean, I'm hesitant to say years because we're always so quick to compare. Like, okay, yes. Joseph weighed 13. I've weighed seven. Okay, it's less, so it's okay. No, right. <laughs> you know, God, God's no respect for <sighs> persons, but timelines are not always the same. But he gives Mm-mm. them to us for a purpose. And so if you think about it, you know, in 13 years, where were you 13 years ago? If you think how long that was, that Joseph oh held on to the pro- promise during that whole time. But he's a great example of 
He got the promise, but his circumstances along the way did not mm-hmm. always point to, hey, you're going to ru- be ruler over Egypt. Oh, no. And it's so neat because God was faithful regardless of how it looked, because I'm sure in those times he literally could look at a situation and say, okay, God, you're not going to do it. Like, it's just not going to happen. Sure. But it just is on God because God was faithful to do what he said he was going to do. Mm. And he did it. And I think the neat thing is later on in the story, then when the family came and realized that this is exactly what had been foretold by Joseph through the dream, just the neat connecting of the dots for them because mm-hmm. they shamed him and in all intents and purposes, he probably could have adopted that shame and he's going through these pits, like yeah. these literal life pits mm-hmm. and he ended up not being put to shame in the long run. And at the end, I like the way you said that Clarice. And I'm going to say the unpopular thing that not everybody wants to hear God's word tells us same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he is always there. He's always close. He's always faithful. He does Mm -hmm. not always guarantee that you're going to get everything you want, but to what Clarice just said, he is going to ensure that you are not ultimately put to shame. Is that, isn't that what you said, Clarice? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when we're in the storm of these situations or when we're basking in the beauty of the sun, whatever season you're in, we get to remember and latch on to these promise scriptures because, you know, in Proverbs 13, 12, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And so we do understand that, yes, when you are feeling that it's not going to happen, it does make you feel that way. But we get to latch on to certain scriptures. For example, Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You look at Jeremiah 1, 12. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Joshua 21, 45. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoke to the house. All came to pass. Yeah. Deuteronomy 31, 6, saying mm-hmm. that for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Mm-hmm. Amen. So in those moments, Amen. Clarice, when we may be feeling let down or shame, you know, our first practice that we would recommend you guys do is do like Corey said, have a series of promise scriptures and they're not hard to find throughout the word and speak those out loud over yourself. Clarice, absolutely. What you had a few more steps of maybe what to do Mm -hmm. when we're in those moments. Yeah. Well, when we've been feeling like we've either been let down or that we just literally adopt disbelief that it's ever going to happen. Um, one of the first and foremost thing is just, we have to repent for that heart condition Mm -hmm. because that's counter to how God has called us in his love. And so one thing that we get to do is we just, we get to repent for judging God, that he's not faithful, that he's not able to fulfill his promises, that he's a liar, that he is unkind because a lot of times we start to judge God in that capacity. And I know I've done it. I've judged him as unkind and unfaithful. And I have, I have had to repent and, and it's not a shameful thing to repent. It's just a real thing to repent and repenting is nothing more than just doing a 180 and making sure that you depart from that either thought train or heart status or judgment. And so, you know, we get to repent for that. And sometimes we um, then may have to forgive people around us in situations because we've either, um, you know, maybe hurt them through the process. You know, we may need to forgive ourselves for putting too much pressure on ourselves to, to fulfill it ourselves. 
Um, and then again, like Cassie just said, is we just get to realign our heart and mind with God's word and his promises. And it's, it's neat because I'm sitting in my prayer room right now and I'm, I'm just looking up at some of the promises that God's given me and I've written them pretty big on, um, some chalkboard, um, on a chalkboard and, it, and one of them is just Luke 145 and it just speaks to my heart. And anytime I know that I'm not seeing necessarily the sunshine that I would like or just seeing the situation go the way I would like, it just says, blessed is, and I put my name in it, blessed is Clarice who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And again, then when I see that scripture, I can just praise God. I'm like, God, you are faithful. Your word is true. Your promises are great. And I think, Cassie, we were just talking about this yesterday, and I'm sure we'll do a podcast about it at some point, but just taking a moment to just praise God and worship him in those moments. Because when we fix our eyes on the circumstances around us, the storm around us on the clouds, we forget that beyond the clouds, the sun is above it. And so the sun, the the sun, in essence, God is above all of our circumstances and he sees us, he knows us, he is there for us, and he's going to bring us through every situation in which we will not be put to shame. And what a joy that we have that we are not led or um, defined by circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like scripture talks about. It's like in the, when you're defined by that, you're like a wave and you're being tossed in the sea. Yeah. But as Christ has told us, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul to anchor us in this, that our identity comes from who he is, what he's done in his love for us and not on our circumstance. And Clarice in that there's a lot of freedom, so much freedom, so much freedom. Well, Cassie, I would love for you to pray for us to finish today. I would love to. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for today. Father, thank you for your faithfulness, for the fact that your sun is always shining. Lord, no matter what we may see down here on this earth, Father, that we have that confidence in you, that you are ever present, that you are constant, and that just like when we fly above the clouds and see your sunshine, we know that you have that same consistency, Lord, even more so of being unchanging. So, Lord, we pray for every person listening today, including Clarissa and myself, Lord, that we have uh, this full revelation of who you are, of your love for us, how it is unchanging and is not circumstance-based. And, Father, that uh, circumstances, what we have or what we don't have, doesn't define how you feel about us. But rather, Lord, we know your heart towards us is good, just like your scripture said, is loving towards all of your creation. And, Father, I pray for anyone who is struggling with shame, who feels... Uh, just the weight of shame on their shoulders, Mm -hmm. maybe from a decision they made or circumstance they're in. Lord, we know that you are bigger than that. Father, you break the chains um, of shame and the bondage that comes from that and that lie and the deceit that, um, that we should be humiliated or anything of that nature. That is not what you've called us to. And your truth supersedes that and can easily remove that shame. So father for, yeah, Um, We thank you for removing that for any and every listener that we have here today and that you are replacing that with the confidence that comes from your love. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. And we love you so much in Jesus name. Amen.